0: You give hope. You restore every heart that is broken. Great are You, Lord. You give life. You are love. You bring light to the darkness. You give hope. You restore every heart. God is bro- shout your praise our hearts will cry these bones will sing great
2: This morning, I just invite you to um, sing out your praises to Jesus, to tell Him how great He is. Just lift your voices.
0: Trembles at his voice, trembles at his voice. How great is all. Beginning and and the the end
3: Good morning, welcome to Elizabeth Mennonite Church. We are on a commu- we are a community on a mission to know God, to nurture relationships, and experience God's transforming power in Elizabethtown and beyond. I think you've heard the message of today already. God is good and He is faithful, and so we welcome you this morning. Whether you're here in person, whether you're with us online this morning worshiping. Whether you are uh, watching this in the future, God is good and he is faithful. This is a special service today. We are proclaiming God's faithfulness and his great name. We'll be testifying to the ways he has brought us to this moment, and we're looking ahead to where he is leading us next. We may not know the future, but we know the one who is the future. Our order of service today is going to be a little bit different than it has been um, recently. This morning, Kate, Heather, and Nikki are going to continue to lead us in worship and song. And then Conrad and Heidi will be sharing what God has been placing on their heart. After that time, we're going to spend some time together in corporate prayer, and Marilyn Miller will lead us in that. Then we are blessed today to have Keith Yoder here from Teaching the Word Ministries, and he will bring the message. And after Keith um, shares that, I'll be sharing a message from the board. As I prepared for this morning, I felt the Lord leading me to Isaiah 61. This is a very familiar passage to us, and it is also one that our vision statement is built on. I'm going to read the first few verses this morning. The spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on me. The spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on us, because the Lord has anointed us, to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent us to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn and provide those who grieve in Zion, to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair, they will be called Oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord, planting of the Lord for the display of His splendor. This morning, we're going to be hearing over and over again God is faithful because it's His nature. God is good because it's who He is. We have just spent the season celebrating Emmanuel, God with us. And today we celebrate that He is with us. This fall, we had a board meeting in which we started our time together with a period of silence, contemplating different ways that the Lord has been faithful to us over the years. And when I say years, I said it could be this week, you know, the last month, all the way back over 100 years ago. And after we spent time doing that, we shared with each other. We spent some time sharing. And as we began to share how God has been faithful to this church— here in the midst of this community of Elizabethtown. God just revealed this picture, this beautiful picture. These different pieces, the different people that God brought to their minds just gave us this overall shape of how good he is. It was less about us, and it was all about him. And it was really beautiful. This morning, we have sheets in our bulletin. You'll find them. They're green. They say, great is your faithfulness, great is your name. So this morning. As Kate and her team continue to lead us into the throne room of praise and worship, I just encourage you to start jotting some things down the way that God has showed his faithfulness and his greatness to you, to your family, to this congregation. Let's just commit the service to the Lord. God, we just thank you that you are good, you are great, and you are faithful. Thank you that you are here with us. And by us, I mean all of us spread far around the globe. We just praise you. We thank you for Emmanuel, that you are with us. We ask your blessing to continue to just be poured out today, tomorrow, and the future you are holding for us. In the powerful name of Jesus, amen.
0: Thy faithfulness Morning by Morning new Mercies I see
2: and sing this last verse with us. Um, Thinking back on um, two weeks ago when Nikki led, at the end, um, we sang um, All Hail King Jesus. And the first time through, We worshiped well seated and the second time she invited everyone to stand and i i will tell you from i don't know if you felt it out there but i will tell you that from up front things changed it was like a snap of a finger worship is an inward expression praise is an outward expression so we are going to praise jesus this morning while standing in his goodness while standing in his faithfulness and declare as a church we're going to praise his name Let's um, let's go back and sing verse one. Great is Thy faithfulness, O God, my Father.
0: There is no shadow of turning. Your name, great is your faithfulness. Great is your name.
2: This next song is um, most likely a new song for you. Um, this is a song that had been on my heart leading up to today. Um, And I'm just going to read the first two verses. You come at the right time when I least expect it, never behind. So why would I be surprised when you deliver every time? Verse 2 You go, you go before, and you prepare a blessing. You make a way, and it's more than I could have imagined, more than I can fathom or comprehend. On the mountaintops, you stay the same. In the valleys low, you never change and I'm gonna read the first part of that pre-chorus on the mountaintops you stay the same in the valleys low you never change so I'm going to say on the mountaintops and you are going to say you stay the same Ethan can you put up the chorus of this song or the pre-chorus okay so on the mountaintops In the valleys low Amen On the mountaintops In the valleys low On mountain tops you stay
0: the same In the valleys low you never change. Again on the mountain tops, you stay the same. In the valleys low, you never change. You come at the right time when I least expected. Never behind. So why would I be surprised when you deliver every time? On the mountain tops, you stay the same. In the valleys low, you never change, and I. Your faithfulness Remains Jesus. You go You go before me To prepare a blessing You make a way Could imagine more than I can fathom or comprehend. On mountain tops, you stay the same. In the valleys low, you never change, and I. change your faithfulness
1: remains
0: God of my present God of my future you write my story you hold it all together God of my future you write my story you hold it all together God of my present God of my future you write my story you hold it all together God of my present God of my future story you hold it all together you are the alpha and the omega you're in the middle you hold it all together you are the alpha Your Jesus. Change your faithfulness
1: remains.
0: I'm confident as seasons change.
1: Your faith.
4: Good morning, and I greet you in Jesus' name to those of you who are uh, with us in person and to those of you who are joining us today, live or later this week. When Heidi and I began serving for the second time in this congregation in October 2011, after having ministered here from 2000 to 2005, we returned with the goal of trying to create a culture where every member is a minister, knowing that the only way a congregation can f- can fulfill its mission is if everyone joins the ministry and mission of God. We've talked about that often as a leadership pipeline that we're developing. In messages over the past three years in particular, I have noted that strengthening this ministry model that the board and we have created is critical in order for a congregation to be God-centered and mission-centered and not primarily pastor-centered or leader-centered. I also noted at times that Heidi and I would not be leading this congregation indefinitely. And when God called us away, our current ministry model would provide someone from within the congregation to replace us, someone who has been mentored in this congregation, someone who is aware of the mission and culture of the congregation, someone whose spiritual roots are in the congregation. While we didn't know when this time of transition would come, it has become clear to Heidi and to me over the course of this past year that that time is here, earlier than we would have anticipated even a year ago. It is time for me to transition from the lead minister role and time for you as a congregation led by the board to design, to to discern, and call a successor over what we're planning as the next 18 to 24 months. This is not a case of resign and replace that is so typical in many congregations, but the case of carrying out what our congregation has been designed to do over the past number of years, a ministry model that was intended to function in this way. And I will walk with the board through the duration of this process and with the individual or individuals who are discerned to carry on after us. And I will continue to fulfill my role as lead minister in giving spiritual leadership to this congregation throughout that time and until that individual's discerned and mentored and prepared for the ministry. It has not been easy for Heidi and me to arrive at this place, but we began to recognize while away in August that we needed to move this direction. My personal calling and mission primarily has always been to proclaim the truth of God and who God is, regardless of the context, whether it's the congregation or at the college, or the broader church. Leading a congregation has unique stressors and challenges that are particularly intense in some seasons. For me, the unique stressors of ministry are combined with having an impact on my body that is facing its own challenges as a result of Parkinson's disease, which I was diagnosed four years ago. As my body has been changing and symptoms also progressing, my capacity to deal with the unique stresses of ministry have been diminished. Remaining in context of high stress will have long-term impacts to my health and my capacity to function in other areas of my calling, but primarily the ones that are most important to me, including being a husband and a father and now a grandfather. This decision has been especially difficult because it impacts the leadership that Heidi and I have given together and enjoyed together as a lead ministry couple. And this transition also reminds us that there will be other adjustments we will need to make as we continue to walk in this path God's given us, or allowed us to walk in. This decision creates a particularly unique impact on Heidi, since together we've served as the lead ministry couple. And this transition means a conclusion to that season of ministry together in the congregation. And yet, Heidi has consistently, over the past five months, repeated I know this is what we must do for your health. I see, other th- I see things that others do not, and I know you cannot continue. Heidi's willingness over these years to embrace the reality and not to deny it of my diagnosis has been incredibly helpful to me. My prayer for Heidi is that in the midst of this transition and even because of it, God's grace, power, and anointing will be upon you, Heidi more fully than you've ever known it before. That you will be empowered by God's spirit to walk into the fullness of your own calling and into all of the places he has for you in the years ahead. You will do so out of our marriage with all of my support, my love, and gratitude. I want to assure you as a congregation that I will continue to give leadership until this process of discerning a successor and mentoring that successor is complete. My focus is and remains the health and well-being of this congregation and the mission that God has given to us. So for the time being, nothing changes in my responsibilities. In closing, I ask that you pray for the board as they lead through this succession. As the elders of this congregation, their discernment is the ultimate authority for ministry and mission. As ministry leaders, we are accountable to the board, and we submit to the board's discernment. Several difficult situations over the past nine years have provided opportunities for me to reinforce for the board and the congregation that the board is anointed and authorized by God to oversee the mission and ministry of this congregation. While I have experienced personal costs and loss in asserting the board's authority and reinforcing it, doing so has been consistent with my belief and my values. But until a congregation identifies where authority lies in its system and submits to that, it'll never get traction for God's mission. All of us must submit to somebody. In a time of transition, you should take comfort as a congregation in knowing that you have a board that is seeking God's will and seeking God's purposes, discerning carefully, working hard on this already, stewarding well and faithfully its calling to oversee the succession. And so I leave you with the words from Hebrews regarding the board, And I appeal to you to honor the board in this transition, to pray for them, and to trust them to hear God. I've assured them that I release this process to them, trusting them that they will hear God for the next steps. I'm also grateful for their wisdom in calling Keith Yoder to walk with them during this time. The author of Hebrews says this, remember your leaders who spoke the word of God to you. Consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Obey your leaders and submit to their authority, for they keep watch over you as those who must give an account. Obey them so that their work will be a joy and not a burden, for that would be of no advantage to you. Thank you.
5: I have a few um, things that I'm uh, going to just share. As Conrad already um, said, this has not been an easy decision. As Con has already said, um, uh, I am and have been aware of um, increasing limitations that he has uh, to manage stress um, and the way it becomes manifested in his body. And while we love all of you, and we love this congregation, and the opportunities we've had to walk some um, very joyful times. <clears throat> the challenging times seem to have um, a more debilitating effect, effect, that we pray always reverse themselves uh, following the resolution of this stressor and the way it was manifested in Karma's body. So the timing of this succession, um, the timing of this succession plan um, doesn't match. The plan that Con and I had, <clears throat> but we trust that it's God's timing, and that's always perfect. And while I'm stepping down with Con in the lead ministry couple role, I will remain as minister of care until the Lord leads me out of that, out of that role. My role in the lead ministry couple, um, um, and as I lead as um, sorry I'm not used to, typically I don't read off of papers because I don't function very well that way I like to just be free um, but I wrote some things down um, so I will remain in my role as minister of care until the Lord leads me um, out of that role till we discern otherwise but we, as Conrad has stated, we are committed to fulfilling the responsibilities of the lead ministry couple until someone else uh, is discerned. I would also like to um, remind you that, um, that as I have prayed for Conrad on Sunday mornings, and we knelt before the Lord and submitted ourselves to him, that I have typically, I have always started with um, acknowledging and recognizing who God is. And two of the characteristics that I, in my own personal life, have reflected on and have prayed over this congregation have been that God is faithful and true. And I think it's not, I didn't talk to Susan about what she was going to be saying about faithfulness. Um, So I think that is, Rest assured, congregation, that that is a word from the Lord, that he is faithful. Last week, I shared a few thoughts from David and Goliath. This week, I was reminded that David said to Saul, let no one lose heart. So as he was offering himself to go against Goliath, he wanted to encourage um, Saul let no one lose heart. And David could say that because he experienced God as faithful and true. David took his eyes off the size, the strength, and the the particulars of Goliath, and put them on God, who faithfully delivered him in the past. And I think I would also encourage you as a congregation to take your eyes off of the particulars of this and to place them on God, who has been faithful and true to you and will continue to be faithful and true. When we shared this with um, the board, um, I'm not even sure when it was. Um, I don't know, in the fall, early fall, late, I guess, early fall, um, the Lord had me in Uh, For some time I had been in Genesis 35 and um, where Jacob prepares his family to return to Bethel. And in a Bible study one time I learned that in troublesome times people went to Bethel to seek the counsel from God. And that is where those were the final words I believe that I left with the board as we ended our conversation with them, that I leave the board, I leave you board um, at Bethel. To seek the counsel from God, and I believe that they have. One other passage I would like to leave you with um, is a verse, is um, a verse that the Lord gave me toward the end of last year, and I've claimed it for myself um, for 2021, and it's from Psalm 143:8. Let the morning bring me word of your unfailing love, for I have put my trust in you. Show me the way I should go. For to you I lift up my soul. And I'd like to read it over, Etel Mennonite. <clears throat> Let the morning bring us, Etel Mennonite, word of your unfailing love, for we have put our trust in you. Show us the way we should go. For to you, we lift up our soul. We don't lift up our soul to anxiety, to fear, to the particulars of Goliath. But we, put, we lift up our soul to you, Lord. Thank you.
3: Thank you, Heidi and Conrad. As somebody who has been a member of this congregation under you as you have led, as somebody who um, has worked with you on the board and then over the last 15, 18 months as board chair, I just want to say thank you. Thank you for the way you have modeled position over person of pointing the way to God And the way that both of you live your lives with integrity it has made um, it has an impact on the future that we don't know now and we're not going to know for a long time but it's big it is really big so I just want to take a moment in prayer pray a prayer of blessing over the two of you dearest Lord we thank you for Conrad we thank you for Heidi We thank you for the way they have led and they continue to lead. We thank you for the way they submit themselves to your authority, to your leading, to your guidance. I just ask, Lord, that you continue to walk with them, show them the way, be their comfort. Thank you for the intentional way they are placing themselves um, to continue to grow the kingdom for you, Lord, and to step aside when you say step aside and to bring other leaders in. Lord, I ask your hand of protection over them, over their minds, over their souls, over their spirits, over their bodies. You have walked with them. You have walked with us. And we know you will continue to do so. As Heidi said, David was able to see beyond Goliath because he kept his eyes on you. He didn't get wrapped up in the particulars because he knew you. So this morning we say thank you. Thank you for our relationships with you. Thank you for the way you lead us here. Thank you the way you lead them. And we just, um, we say thank you for your blessings. In the powerful name of Jesus, amen. Marilyn's going to lead us in a time of congregational prayer.
6: An announcement like this can bring up all kinds of emotions for us. As a board and ministry team, we've had some time to process, to think through this. So I would just like to allow you as a congregation, you here this morning, you out there watching it now and those later this week just offer some space for you to bring your feelings, your fears before the Lord this morning. You may be feeling confused. um, The timing of this, why God? Uh, In the middle of a pandemic, Heidi and Conrad uh, mentioned that they had some questions about the timing, but we know that God is in control. You may be feeling a sense of grief. Not that Conrad is leaving us, it's not a resignation. It will happen over time. and um, But it does mean a change, and we have appreciated he and Heidi as lead pastor couple, and it's hard to imagine otherwise. For some of you, Conrad, as lead pastor, is all you've ever known at this congregation. I was drawn to the example in the Bible of grieving leadership change. Acts 20 says, the Ephesian elders wept as Paul said goodbye. And it says they were sorrowful, sorrowful most of all for the word he had spoken, his teaching and preaching. Now, I believe that the Ephesians knew that God would be with them. They knew that God was in control and that he was going to bring good out of this transition. But nevertheless, what they were experiencing at that moment was grief, and they wept. And grieving is okay. It's actually a way of recognizing what we have had and it's a way of giving thanks for what we have had. You may be feeling uncertainty and anxiety about the future, about the transition process, what will it look like? And then, mixed with all these emotions and many more, we have the fact that we care deeply for Conrad and Heidi and we want what is best for them. And we want to honor and support what is best for Conrad's health and for his future. So with all that in mind, let us bow our heads in prayer and commit this to our Heavenly Father who is faithful. Heavenly Father, I thank you that you are in this space. You're here today, and you're always here. I praise you for your faithfulness to this congregation, your goodness, your mercy, your unconditional love. And while we praise you because we have the assurance of that faithfulness, goodness, mercy, and love for today, but the assurance that we will have it for the future, because that is who you are, God. God, you are good, you are faithful, you are merciful, and you are loving. So Lord, we come this morning with thanksgiving. Thanksgiving for your provision to our congregation in Conrad and Heidi, for the gifts and abilities you've given them to carry out the call you've placed on them for our congregation for these past number of years. For their faithfulness and obedience to that call, even when it cost them time with family, when it was a difficult word to give us, maybe one we didn't react kindly to, For the ability that you've given Conrad and Heidi to convey in clear words to us what you placed on their hearts, their teaching and his preaching. For the compassion they had for us in difficult times and they sat with us We're thankful for their ability to minister to all ages, to our children, our grandparents, and everyone in between. Lord, we are grateful, eternally grateful, for the assurance that we have of those that we will see in eternity because of their obedience to you. And Father, now, as we look to this transition, we are thankful for the foresight that they had to prepare us all to be ministers and to mentor and raise up leaders from within our congregation. So God of mercy, all these things and more cause us to have mixed emotions fear, grief, anxiety about this change. So, now, congregation, I am going to allow some space, I'm going to pause and just give you time to pour out your heart to God. Let Him know your feelings right now. He can handle them. Whether it's grief, confusion, anxiety, anger, pain, disappointment. Just tell him what's on your heart as Kate plays softly. Again, I'm just going to pause for a bit. Lord, we give you thanks that you hear our cries, you hear our hearts, and that you are with each one of us in our inmost beings. And you want to minister to us, and you can minister to us wherever we're at. Lead us in this process. Lead us as we process this transition and in your name jesus i just pray against satan having his way in our hearts as we walk through this but father that we may keep our focus on you not in the particulars but solely on you because god despite what we are feeling at this moment what our, our emotions have been as we've heard this announcement. We know that we can stand on your promises. So this morning, we stand on your promise that you will never leave us nor forsake us. You have not forsaken this congregation for the hundred plus years that we've been here. And you're with us now, and you will never leave us in the future. Leaders may come and go, only you, our Father, will never leave. We stand on the promise that you are in control. This leadership transition is not happening outside your will, O Father. Your word says, many are the plans in a person's heart, but it's God's purpose that prevails. Father, we relinquish, we surrender our agendas. Give you our open hearts, our open eyes to see your purposes and the trust to follow. We stand on your promise that you plan good to come out of this transition. You promise us in all things to work. All things together for the good of your people that follow you. God even when the things don't feel good you use them for good. So Jesus this morning we as a congregation commit to walk forward in faith with the assurance that you will bring good out of this transition, and that we will see your faithfulness, your goodness, your mercy, and your love. Thank you, Jesus. Amen.
0: Has quaked before Moved by the sound of his voice Seas that are shaken and
1: stirred
0: Can be calmed and broken for my regard Through it all, through it all My eyes are on you all, through it all it is well. not believe, even when my eyes can't see, and this mountain that's in front of me, will be thrown into the midst of the sea, through it all. His name
4: to have Keith Yoder with us today. Keith is from Teaching the Word Ministry and has walked with Heidi and I just prior to beginning this ministry season over the last nine years and just a father to us. Thank you, Keith, for being here. God, it is with gratitude that we say thank you for your faithfulness and for your goodness and for your truth. Thank you that you are the same yesterday, today, and forever. We are constantly reminded that we are fragile, in so many ways, inconsequential, and yet you have made us consequential. You have raised us to the heavenlies, uh, where Jesus is seated. And this morning, we're just reminded, Jesus, that you're seated there with the Father, and we just acknowledge your presence here, and that heaven looks on and rejoices, that you are being praised and worshipped and acknowledged and lifted up. And that there is nothing too hard for you, there's nothing too difficult for you, that you are again the same yesterday, today, and forever. Thank you for Keith. Thank you for your word through him to Heidi and I for so many years, the constant encouragement, the constant support, the constant understanding, the revelation, the discernment. Father, we give you thanks for Keith and for the impact he has had and will have on this congregation now but long into the future. Thank you for this servant. Thank you for the anointing that's upon him as he speaks to us today amen
7: thank you brother and sister I just want to affirm all of the uh, ministry that is taking place the affirmation of God's character the identification with our experience and at this point of our worship together today We want to give attention to an example of succession and what we can learn from that. As we look at this this example, we are going to sense a clarity and a strength of how things can also progress in a healthy way here at Elizabethtown. Our theme is Embracing Succession. It's been introduced to us. It's been announced to us. And now we have the opportunity to embrace or engage with it in a personal way. It's been my privilege to be associated with Elizabeth Talman and I over these years. Uh, Many special things are happening here that are a good example for other congregations, the way in which people's lives are being transformed, the way in which people are growing in their ministries. So what you have here is something special. And so this process, likewise, will be a good example. Let's look at the example of Moses and Joshua. Moses was called by God through a supernatural way. Moses' experience was based on 40 years that he spent in the palace, being trained in the ways of Egypt and in leadership and positioned, as we can see, for leadership in the future. But God had a different direction for him. And then he spent 40 years in the desert being trained, as it were, to follow God in a way that was really totally different than the 40 years in the palace. And having then fulfilled that training, that preparation, God called him into 40 years of service of leading the people of Israel out of Egypt. The references to the scriptures that I read today will be on the screen, but I'll be reading them from my notes here. God said to him in Exodus 3, verse 10, come, I will send you to Pharaoh that you may bring my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. Moses went through some adjustments to uh, accept that call. But we know that he proved to be a great leader as an intercessor, as a prophet, and as administrator, leading those people, perhaps up to three million people that he was shepherding over those years. God, first of all, in a succession process, prepares the leader, like Moses, for this process, even as here he has prepared Conrad and Heidi for this process. Over the years, there's the development of leaders through training and delegation. In Exodus 18, we know that uh, Moses had been leading the people of Israel and they were now in the wilderness on their way toward Canaan. And uh, his father-in-law brought his wife and two sons back to him. They had been sent to be with Jethro during uh, this transition time. And so Moses was uh, taking care of the people, and Jethro observed how he was spending all of his time counseling all day long. Verse 13. The next day, Moses sat to judge the people, and the people stood around Moses from morning till evening. When Moses' father-in-law saw all that he was doing for the people, he said, What is this that you're doing for the people? Why do you sit alone and all the people stand around you from morning till evening? And Moses said to his father-in-law, Because the people come to me to inquire of God. When they have a dispute, they come to me. And I decide between one person and another, and I make them know the statutes of God and of the laws. Moses' father-in-law said to him, what you're doing is not good. You and the people with you certainly will wear yourselves out, for the thing is too heavy for you. You are not able to do it alone. Now obey my voice. I will give you advice, and God be with you. And God... Shall represent, and you shall represent the people before God and bring their cases to God, and you shall warn them about the statutes and laws and make them know the way in which they must walk and what they must do. Moreover, look for able men from all the people, men who fear God, who are trustworthy and hate bribes, and place such men over the people as chiefs of thousands, of hundreds, of fifties, of tens. And let them judge the people at all times. Every great matter they shall bring to you. But any small matter they shall decide for themselves. So it will be easier for you, and they will bear the burden with you. If you do this, God will direct you. You will be able to endure and all the people will also go to their place." So Moses listened to the voice of his father-in-law and did all that he had said and delegated in that way. So first of all, we see here that Moses was wise in listening to outside advice, outside counsel, but more importantly, raising up other leaders to carry the load of ministry. We see that um, as he approached the promised land, it was the Lord spoke to Moses and indicated to him, your role as a leader is changing. Someone else is to take your place. And so in Numbers 27, 12 through 14, the Lord said to Moses, Go up into this mountain of Abarim and see the land I've given to the people of Israel. When you've seen it, you shall also be gathered to your people as your brother Aaron was. We know that Moses was spoken to at that point that he would not enter into the land because he had not specifically followed all of God's directions with regard to um, bringing water out of the rock. I do want to highlight. That later, when Peter, James, and John went with Jesus to the mountain in the land of Canaan, Moses and Elijah appeared with Jesus. So Moses eventually did get into the land, uh, but it was through Christ's presence. So, also God was preparing the leader in that he was... Learning to recognize his limitations, and as he heard that his uh, ministry was concluding, it was clear then that he was to call Joshua the son of Nun. Joshua was being prepared along the way. He was a servant or a support to Moses, in a sense, he carried his briefcase. He uh, went with him and served in whatever way he could. So we recognize that as an assistant, he was with Moses in everything that Moses did. So even some of the things that we read about in Scripture, you need to realize Joshua was there when Moses was there. Let's look at some of those things together. Succession, basically, is a process by which a leader passes on the capacity and the responsibility to another leader. And so the capacity is involved in the training, and the responsibility is usually step-by-step stage by stage I've had the opportunity to observe several trend succession processes um, in recent years and I'm actually involved in helping some other leaders with that process it can be done very well it can be done very healthily and I anticipate that being the case here so God prepares the leader to entered the the succession process. Then God prepares the successor, the emerging leader, such as Joshua. He not only served as an assistant, but he was given assignments. We know that um, he was sent into um, into Canaan to spy out the land along with the other spies he was from the tribe of ephraim and we read in numbers 13 about this these were the names of the men moses sent to spy out the land and moses called hoshea the son of nun joshua hoshea means salvation but as moses had observed joshua And as he was calling him into this responsibility, he changed his name to Joshua, which means Yahweh is salvation. And so he was changing the focus of Joshua being salvation to how God was working through Joshua to be an instrument of salvation. They were sent into the land to see what it was like. Are the people strong or weak? Is the land rich or poor? Are there few or many? Is it good or bad? In other words, what are the possibilities, but also what are the challenges? Moses was not blind to the realities that taking this land would be a big challenge. But notice, he was testing Joshua and the others, for how they would respond to possibility and challenge. Well, we know some the spies came back and some um, were fearful, but Joshua and Caleb were two of those who said, we can do it. When the people heard of the giants in the land and how difficult it would be, The congregation raised a loud cry and the people wept that night when they heard this report in other words the people reacted in fear and then they reacted in rebellion out of that fear they said let's choose another leader and go back to Egypt notice Joshua was in the midst of this challenge It was not only about Moses and Aaron, but notice, And Moses and Aaron fell on their faces before the assembly of the congregation of the people. And Joshua the son of Nun, and Caleb the son of Jephunneh, who were among those who had spied out the land, tore their clothes and said to the congregation of the people, The land which we passed through to spy it out, it's exceedingly good land. If the Lord delights in us, he will bring us into the land and give it to us, a land that flows with milk and honey. Uh, Only do not rebel against the Lord, and do not fear the people of the land, for they are bred for us. Their protection is removed from them. The Lord is with us. Do not fear them. Then all of the congregation said to stone them with stones. But the glory of the Lord appeared at the tent of meeting to all the people of Israel. In other words, Joshua, at the threat of being stoned, was taking a stand, we can do what is necessary, we have what it takes. So, this is a test of leadership being prepared to assume more responsibility. Of course, Moses interceded for the people, and Joshua saw that. Joshua saw the forgiving spirit that Moses had. Joshua saw the intercessory heart that he had. So all of these difficult times that Moses went through and how the people responded negatively to leadership, Joshua saw that. He also saw how when they followed what Moses was saying, God blessed them. So another time that we see the preparation, and this was of course before they reached the edge of the Promised Land, was when the Lord called Moses up onto the mountain to uh, receive instruction of how the people were to live. And so the Lord said to Moses, come up to me on the mountain and wait there that I may give you the tablets of stone with the law and the commandment which i've written for their instruction so moses rose with his assistant joshua and moses went up on the mountain of god and he said to the elders wait here for us to return to you and behold aaron and her are with you whoever has a dispute let them go to them so Joshua was on the mountain with Moses when he received the Ten Commandments. He was there and observed that experience. He was also on the mountain when God gave the instruction for the tabernacle and all of that. He was on the mountain when they, the people uh, created a golden calf and began to worship that as an idol. He came down with Moses and saw how Moses handled that challenge. In other words, whatever was taking place in Moses' experience, Joshua was observing it and learning from it. Another quality that he had was We read about it in Exodus 33, 7 through 11, and this is basically our text for today. This refers to the worship that Moses had personally. Verse 7. Now Moses used to take the tent and pitch it outside the camp, far off from the camp, and he called it the tent of meeting. And when all the people saw the pillar of cloud standing at the entrance of the tent, all the people would rise up and worship, each at his tent door. Thus the Lord used to speak to Moses face to face. Now that's what we mean by the presence of the Lord. This is uh, the same idea as being in the presence of the Lord, because you most meet the fullness of a person with their face. So, Thus, the Lord used to speak to Moses face to face as a man speaks to his friend. When Moses turned again into the camp, his assistant, Joshua, the son of Nun, a young man would not depart from the tent. Or in other words, he lingered. He stayed there in the presence of the Lord. So, He's there as Moses is worshiping and encountering the Lord personally, but he loved that presence. He lingered in the presence of the Lord. This was part of his training, his preparation, but this was a key also to his character. All the things that we've looked at so far about Joshua occurred after this passage I believe this is the key to why he profited so much from his relationship with Moses because he also was a worshiper and honoring the presence of the Lord when they did finally come to the promised land and enter into that notice Joshua and Caleb were commended in a special way. Surely none of the men who came out of Egypt from 20 years old and upward shall see the land I swore to give Abraham to Isaac and Jacob, because they've not wholly followed me. Uh, none except Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, and the Kenazite, and Joshua, the son of Nun, for they have wholly followed the Lord, or wholeheartedly followed the Lord, enthusiastically or passionately followed the Lord. This was the key of Joshua's preparation. So all of these things are ways in which God's at work preparing the successor. So he prepares the leader to release responsibility He prepares the successor to embrace it. He also prepares the congregation to experience their part in this. When the people did um, worship that golden calf, Moses interceded for them. This was a very dark and disappointing time. It's amazing how Moses was willing to lay everything down for the sake of the people being restored. And we read in Exodus 32, verse 14, the Lord relented from the disaster that he had spoken of bringing on his people. Another aspect of the preparation of the congregation was the tent of meeting. Notice, as we said before, Moses went there, but look again at what it says about the people. Whenever Moses went out to the tent, all the people would rise up and each would stand at his tent door and watch Moses until he had gone into the tent. When all the people saw the pillar of cloud standing at the entrance of the tent, all the people would rise up and worship, each at his tent door. Let's each maintain our own worship in the presence of the Lord as we go through this succession process. The Lord prepared uh, the people as they learned to give in building the tabernacle and as you'll recall they brought along the things that they had taken out of Egypt and then they dedicated them to building the tabernacle the all the contributions of the people brought for the sanctuary and there was so much that they actually had to invite the people to stop giving because they had all they needed to complete the work so basically Joshua observed a building program as part of his preparation as successor. We see also that um, in Numbers 27, 15 through 17, Moses and the Lord had the welfare of the congregation in mind, 15 to 17. Moses spoke to the Lord, saying, Let the Lord, the God of the spirits of all flesh, appoint a man over the congregation, who shall go out before them and come in before them, who shall lead them out and bring them in, that the congregation of the Lord may not be a sheep that have no shepherd. So Moses spoke to the Lord, saying, Moses prayed that the Lord would provide the leadership they needed. And eventually then, although I'm sure it wasn't a surprise to Moses, Moses had prayed rather than just decided. But when the Lord spoke to him, he followed through in Numbers 27:18 through 22. So the Lord said to Moses, Take Joshua, the son of Nun, a man in whom is the Spirit, and lay your hand upon him. Make him stand before Eleazar the priest and all the congregation, and you shall commission him in their sight. You shall invest him with some of your authority that all of the congregation of the people of Israel may obey. And Moses did as the Lord commanded him. He took Joshua and made him stand before Eleazar the priest and the whole congregation. And so there was a time of commissioning, of laying on of hands, of blessing him. And in Deuteronomy 34.9, And Joshua the son of Nun was full of the spirit of wisdom, for Moses had laid his hands on him. That is, Moses gave him the capacity, not only through training, but through spiritually imparting to him that ability. So the people of Israel obeyed him and did as the Lord had commanded Moses. In other words, the people were responsive to Joshua's leadership as they had been to Moses. How then shall we embrace succession here at Elizabethtown Mennonite? Um, Through this process, there'll be a time to, again, clarify the identity and the direction of the congregation. What is the culture that God has for us here? Conrad and Heidi will invest in those persons that are identified to embrace leadership. There'll be a deliberate preparation of the emerging leadership. And at some point there'll be a celebration and installation and transferring of leadership. So, again, this is a succession or a developing, a growing, a Preparing, it's not a resignation and replacement. It's not an abrupt process. It's a healthy one. So I would like to encourage us to do as Joshua did and linger in the presence of the Lord to succeed in our succession here we're going to linger in the presence of God, as Joshua did. Father, we thank you for this example of Moses and Joshua. There's so many truths here that we can follow, and we look forward to doing so. Our confidence remains in your ability to direct us, to guide us, and to oversee your purposes for this congregation week by week month by month year by year thank you for the confidence we have in your faithfulness and your presence day by day through the one who made this presence possible for us the lord jesus christ we pray amen
3: Thank you Keith for that message as board chair I just want to give you a just a quick snapshot of what we're looking at ahead of us Um, the board through prayer discernment discussion and by the grace of God has been working on adopting the succession plan it really is an extension of what our ministry model is already it's very natural it's kind of organic for where we are where God has led us it's a new way of doing things for us but it's not As Keith pointed out, it's a biblical model, and it's one that has a lot of success. So we've been developing this intentional plan that will follow, as Conrad said, a general 18 months to two-year process. And um, over the next few weeks, the board will be sharing more information about what that means. There's a lot of information, right, (laughs) to know, but I'll just touch on a few points this morning. One of the most important things we will be doing as a congregation is forming a prayer team that will be praying specifically for this process over the next year and a half to two years. We're also going to be creating a succession team. This is made up of board members, congregational members, our bishop, Nelson Bechtold, and we will be uh, getting outside counsel from Keith and teaching the word ministries. And then this team will be the one that will implement the plan that the board has developed. Later today, I'm going to send out an email with what you've heard today, also some more information, and then later in this week, you'll get some more information, and by next Sunday, we'll be sending you, the board will be sending you the criteria, the expectations for the succession team, and nominating ballots, and then we'll have a few weeks to nominate people from the congregation to be on that, and then the board will be discerning uh, with the people who are nominated for the succession team let's just take just a second to pause and acknowledge there's been a lot to take in here today, right? I know it's true. Through the day, you'll probably be thinking, what was that, what is? And so as a board, we wanna let you know, we will be communicating to you in different ways. We're gonna set up different um, communication points where you can ask questions, we can get this figured out. There's a lot of things. Communicating during COVID, as we all know, can be difficult. And so we will try to keep our best, do our best to keep you informed. I and the board are always open for your questions. Come to us, hey, I didn't understand that, and those kind of things as we move forward. But we're also gonna need grace to each other during this time. I'm just so happy today. I just wanna say it's change, but it's a change we can move into with faith, with expectation, even with celebration because we know that the Lord who has been faithful for so many years to this congregation to us continues to be a faithful guide. Keith, will you give the benediction?
7: Let's stand. Father, by your grace, we bless the board with wisdom from above, the congregation with discerning hearts and minds, postured to follow your direction, and the joy and fulfillment upon Conrad and Heidi in seeing the multiplication of leadership And fulfillment of vision. Now to him who is able to do abundantly far more beyond all that we can ask or think, according to the power at work in us, be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus forever and ever. Amen.
0: From whom all blessings flow, praise Him all creatures here below, praise Him above the heavenly